Who am I? Well, I'm the princess of the Puget Sound. The Tacoma Tinge. And voted Spanway's most talented drag queen on 152nd and Pacific Avenue. Loving life. And you are listening to Lifelines with me, Loving the Life. I want everyone to listen, but some, if not most, episodes might be considered inappropriate for folks under legal voting and drinking age. So, if you're underage and you're listening, I'm telling your mama. Now, why would you listen to my random little show here on Beyonce's Internet? Who knows? Me. I knows. We're going to talk about things that you, the people, think matter. And things that you think don't matter. In the larger scheme of schemes. Music, politics, movies, the weather, history, history, money, lack of money, your problems, my problems, our problems. Now I personally can't guarantee you'll learn anything. But I can't guarantee that it will be interesting. Or moderately interesting. At the least, mildly interesting background noise to get you through life and traffic. So here is a quick outline of how the show is going to go. All right. What we're going to do is we'll start off first with Ask Lavinda, where you can ask me any question about any topic advice, comments on the show, and just random things. Um, Next, we got things that bug me, issues I'm currently having with the world, or just from day to day. We'll also have interviews. I'm going to interview queer and people of color that have interesting or seemingly controversial jobs, hobbies, or lives. We're going to have an Ask Wayne segment where you can ask Wayne any questions you may have about hair care or businessing things. I don't I don't know much about business. I'm just a mouthpiece. I'm just a mouthpiece. Wayne's the brains, or at least that's what I tell him so that he'll leave me alone and let me sleep. <laughs> um, upcoming events and appearances, I'll let you know where you can find me next, where you can see me next, where you can hear me next, where you can be near me next. And then ask the listeners. We're going to ask you any ideas that you may have for the show. You know, the idea for the show, like our lives, is to evolve after a season or so. To accomplish that, I want to hear your ideas. I want to hear your ideas so that I can take your ideas and use them as my ideas or as a guide map to keep you all interested so you keep listening to me. Will you listen if I talk about the things you want to hear about? Or should I just keep talking about things that I want to talk about? Maybe we'll do a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. So, let's get this thing started. Hello, everybody, and thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in today to Lifelines with me, Lavenda Life. 
I'm your host, Lavenda Life, voted most popular drag queen on 152nd and Pacific Avenue in Tacoma. And today, we are going to start off with Ask Lavenda. So first question that we have on the docket is, probably just do one question today, then we will head over to the next segment. This is not the first time I'm reading it, but the first time I'm actually giving it these any any thought. Dear Lavenda, Milk Milk Lemonade Around the Corner Fudge is Made? Milk Milk Lemonade Around the Corner Fudge is Made. Hmm. It's a tough one. I mean... What if you don't lactate? Or what if you're going through dialysis? Then neither milk nor lemonade is made. But around the corner fudge is always made. Fudge is always made. So yeah. Yeah. Church and religion, that is. Today, we're talking to someone that is leading the way with their thoughts on organized religion and the church. I've asked them to share their life and experiences with you so that we can understand people just want to be respected people. And respectable people introduce themselves. What's your name? My name is Dr. Cindy Caldwell. Oh, nice doctor. What are your pronouns? I usually she, her, they, them, depending on where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And gosh, that's funny that I am now speaking for all religion because as you would probably relate to, no one would really want me to speak for their religion. I identify as a lesbian Mm -hmm. and I am a mythologist and I go to a Presbyterian Christian church. Mm -hmm. And yeah. All right. So you said you identify as a mythologist. I do. What is it that you do specifically? Well, as for work, I am a diversity, equity, and inclusion director. And I'm a consultant. So I go into organizations and help them figure out how to be more equitable, how to look at anti-racist policies, how to look at more pro-equity, pro-people, you know, how to be just, how to not be patriarchal and white supremacist. So that's what I try and do. I do it a little gentler than that explanation (laughs) um, because people don't really go with that so much. If you confront them with it, you have to go in gently, but that's what I do for a living. Mm -hmm. And I also teach a diversity, equity, and inclusion certification class And I am developing a class right now on how DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, connects with the Bible. Oh. Because Bible stories have taught us how to treat each other. Mm Mm-hmm. So as we get into this conversation, the questions that you threw to me, I think we're going to get into some of that about how that has worked and how Christian supremacy 
has controlled all of us. Very, very much so. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is going to be good. Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. So what I'm going to do is we're going to jump straight into the deep end. Do you think sexual orientation or gender identity should stop you from being a religious person? Absolutely not. Okay. The only reason it would stop anyone is because of power, because of the power that has been in the hands of, for the most part, and in this country, it has been in the hands of white men. Mm-hmm. In other parts of the world, they're not always white, but it's almost always been men. Right. And if we're talking about Christianity, the spirituality that Jesus taught was all about loving one another, recognizing difference and acknowledging it and empowering it. And then the Roman Empire took over and everything changed. Wait, are you saying that Jesus never talked about homosexuality? As far as we know, Mm -hmm. Jesus never talked about homosexuality. So in the book, it doesn't say Jesus said Mm -hmm. no gays, no ways. Jesus said love one another. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, love each other as you would like to be loved. Oh my gosh, that's what I heard he said as well. <gasps> Golly, isn't that amazing? That yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's Jesus like this said, game of telephone. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus said nothing but to love one another. Mm-hmm. Jesus said to pluck the big splinter out of your own eye before you try to judge someone else. Yeah, we have taken religion Paul in particular, I have a problem with Paul. Paul wrote the many Apostle books. Apostle Paul? Apostle Paul. Okay. He never met Jesus. Oh. Never met him. Mm. Never met him, but we give all this power to Paul. And Paul, we think Paul wrote several books, except we know that Paul didn't write books that we give him credit for, that other people wrote them. But Paul was very sexist. Mm. He said women should be quiet and do what men said. I think it was Paul that was like, men should not lie with men. Women should not lie with women. But you know, people that know the Bible are going to come back and go, Cindy doesn't know anything of what she's talking about because that's not what Paul said. But Paul was not a friend to either gay people or to women, mm-hmm. except that Paul didn't write all the books we give him credit for. And people wrote in his name and made him out to be someone that he necessarily was not. Oh, like Martin Luther King was really actually radical. But a lot of conservative pundits use him for their own uses. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. We only quote Martin Luther King for the things that are gentle and peaceful and that white people are comfortable with. Very much. Exactly right. Rather than when he said the biggest problem that we have for justice is the white, uh, not conservative, the white moderate, the white moderate, right? Mm -hmm. So, yes. So, very much so. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. What would you say is the purpose of organized religion? (sighs) Um, Well, it's for power. Hmm. It was made into religion by various emperors. Constantine was one of the first, and he chose Christianity because it had one God, and he chose himself to be that God. 
Hmm. And Jesus was to be one of his disciples. And Constantine's, even his coins, on one side it had uh, Mithros, which was a different religion, and on the other side it had Jesus. Hmm. And so he was playing both sides of the coin, right, as they say. Yeah. And so, but he chose Christianity because he could be the God. He hmm. could be the one. He could make all the decisions and decide what was going to be the truth. And from there, it just continued on because, again, men in power saw that they could gain a lot of control over people by having this one ruler, this one power. Eventually, uh, I don't know, probably 500 years after the fact, the rules came down that women couldn't be priests, women couldn't be in the temples, women couldn't preach, they couldn't do all these things, and women had been doing all of those things. Yeah. They also said that you couldn't have sex before you were married, that you had to have a certain kind of courtship, a certain kind of ceremony, and then you could have sex. So if the church could control your sex life, they could control anything. Hmm. And then, of course, you had to give money to them, right? The because you had to tithe. That's mm -hmm. right. And tithing was a part of it was very sacred during Jesus' time. You think about the story of the widow giving of her little bits and pieces of money that she had, right? I have no clue what that story is. So um, <laughs> there's a story in the Bible that Jesus talks about and how you're supposed to tithe 10% of everything that you earn. But a widow, and a widow in Jesus' time was not allowed to have a job. When her husband died, she was completely worthless. Oh. Um, one of the practices of that time, and you have to remember that what we call the Abrahamic religions are Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, mm -hmm. because they all shared Abraham, mm -hmm. right? So Islam practiced this, and so did some forms of Judaism, not quite as strictly, and it kind of bled into Christianity. But in some practices that if you were married and your husband died, the widow would throw herself on the funeral pyre and kill herself because she was so worthless without her husband. Damn. So if that didn't happen, you were supposed to have been picked up by a brother, a brother of the husband, your own father had to take you back, or someone else had to marry you. Women had no value of their own. That happened in this movie I saw a long time ago. I don't remember who specifically was in it, but it was a blonde lady who <laughs> looked like Melanie Griffith, but she wasn't Melanie Griffith. And <laughs> she ended up, I think she ended up having to marry like a little Amish boy or something. Oh, wait. I think I'm mixing two different movies. Yeah, that one was a comedy. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> one can hope. One can hope it would be a comedy. But the power that was that was worked in those early years has continued to blend and bleed into how we treat women today. Mm -hmm. Certainly, how we treat anybody who identifies as queer and. The word homosexual didn't enter the Bible until... The King James Version. Well, and not... Homosexual isn't in the King James Version. Oh. King James Version was the first Bible that was printed. Mm. Because the printing press was sometime in the 1500s. And so the King James Bible was the first 
Bible that was printed. And then since then, we've continued to improve upon it. Your, your listeners can't see me with my quotation marks here, but we improved on it because we kept saying, oh, that's not the correct translation. Oh, this word means this. This word means this. And it wasn't until I think like the 1950s and 60s that the word homosexual came into one of the new translations. I mean, it's, it's new. The word homosexual is new in the Bible. And there were things that, and you have to, again, it always comes back to power. Follow the money and follow the power, mm-hmm. always. So Baal worshipers were back in the Old Testament and the time of the Jews having to wander from place to place and trying to find their home and find their place. And when God would set the, the Jewish people up with a place, he would tell them to go and kill any people that didn't believe in Yahweh, in God, in the one God. And so Baal worshipers were a religion that was in the land, and it didn't follow the one God. It didn't follow that religion. Mm. So, I mean, it's so prevalent that humans just can't stand anything that's not exactly like them. Yeah, You know, we don't want anybody that disagrees with us. So we made Baal worshipers out to be this horrible, bad religion that um, men were lying with men, women were lying with men, men, what did I just say? Women and women, men and men. And there were animal sacrifices. There were this, that, and the other. And we made it all out to be horrible. Well, Jewish Judaism sacrificed animals. Hmm. I mean, they had all anyway. But we had to make Baal be the bad thing because we had to make Judaism to be the right thing. And Baal worshippers were just another goddess religion that worshipped the earth, worshipped the elements: water, earth, fire. They, you know, there was nothing wrong with Baal worshipers except that it didn't follow Jewish tradition and what Yahweh expected. Mm -hmm. And so they made them out and to be this evil thing. And that's where the first thing of women lying with women, men lying with men started from was in that era. And it was just because they didn't follow Judaism. It wasn't that they, it's like any, it's like now we have to recognize that there are many religions. There's Hindu, there's so many different sects of paganism, right? There's not just one, there's so many, there's all these different things. So, but then it was like you had to be Jewish or you were evil. And Christianity has followed that practice, right? You have to be Christian or Jewish because Jewish feeds into Christianity or you're evil. Well, that sounds pretty culty. So, <laughs> so based on what we know of cults, would you say that that sounds like a cult? I looked up cult because mm-hmm. you put that question out there, and cult means you worship one person over anything else, that there's one person that is revered. Mm-hmm. So Christianity would be a cult because we revere Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Judaism doesn't have one person so much as they have one God. Um, So I don't know, but cults also generally are thought to be smaller Mm -hmm. and more intense, I guess. But Christianity, it doesn't matter. You pick a religion, they can be intense at moments because they're going to go and kill anybody that doesn't agree with them Mm -hmm. or that's messing with their power or their money. Again, follow the money follow the power. That's where religion goes. That seems to be a real theme. So what are your thoughts on a ridiculously infamous yet 
notoriously well-known sect of Christianity known as the Westboro Baptist Church. <laughs> Shakespeare said, I think you quoted this to me, Shakespeare said that even the devil can, something, I'm not quoting it perfectly, but even the devil can make his case with the Bible. Ooh. So you can find anything. I wish I had said that. <laughs> that, was, that was Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I'm not quoting it correctly. So we can support slavery in the Bible. We can support the selling of your daughter. We can support the killing of your son if he says a wrong word to you. We can, I mean, the Bible can support anything you want it to. Mm -hmm. So Westboro Baptist Church and it's not just Westboro Baptist Church, right? They made it to be such a big dramatic thing. But right now, Florida and Ron DeSantis is doing the same thing. Yeah. Texas and whatever their governor's name is, I can't remember. I try to blank them all out of my mind. <laughs> They're all doing the same thing. They're picking a topic that people are unsure of and don't understand mm -hmm. and then making it evil. Yeah. Abortion as well, right? Yeah. And it's all, of, again, follow the power. So we are going to have power over queer people and make them evil and make them horrible. We're going to have power over women. We're going to have power over their bodies. We're going to pretend that it's morality. <laughs> it always cracks me up when politicians talk about queer being immoral, when they're the ones that get caught having blowjobs in the front seat of their car with someone that they have paid to do so. Yeah. And I have no problem with sex workers. I have problems with politicians saying that... I have problems with hypocrisy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. So they choose something that people are unsure about. The funny thing about abortion is that the Republicans were all for abortion in the 60s and 70s and mm. even 80s because they got rid of black and brown bodies, babies. Oh, yeah. Right? I'd, I'd heard that, um, mm -hmm. that like audio clip. Yes. yes. We got rid of babies we didn't want. Mm -hmm. It was all good. And then someone talked about, connected it with life and how we can again control women mm -hmm. and they switched completely and made abortion uh being a horrible thing and that it's all about life and they i mean it was all about a political move it was all about a political move it had nothing to do with caring about a baby because if they cared about the babies they would do something about them when they're born i've said that yes but they do nothing yeah for them so I've always found that really interesting how politicians will subtly use their supposed religious beliefs to affect policy, but it's primarily Christian-esque religious beliefs when there are, our country is made up of many, many different religions. I've recently found out that in Judaism, abortion is allowed and required if there's something wrong with the person carrying the baby, if it's like threatening their life. Mm. So the fact that they are using this faux Christianity to push their their ideals of control is really disheartening. Really, really disheartening. With that, 
organized religion has, you know, done a lot of good in people's lives, mm -hmm. setting personal goals, self-reflection, acts of service, but it's also done a lot of harm that seems to go unaddressed. How does that affect you personally in your way about going about religious expression? Well, I want to acknowledge that there have been ministries of all different sects, S-E-C-T-S, mm -hmm. um, expressions of Christianity that have been very helpful, that they've helped the poor. If anybody who watches Call the Midwife, right, I mean, it's Catholic nuns that are going out and helping poor women birth babies and mm. have healthy babies and healthy lives. And Catholic nuns, and not by themselves, but Catholic nuns have gone out and done wonderful, wonderful ministries and help. And so have other different expressions of Christianity, Judaism, Islam as well. Most religions have some part of their, their structure that says they're to help the poor, that mm -hmm. they're to help the needy. And it does happen. Yeah. The problem is that often the way we have, Christianity has done it when President Bush was president and well it still happens it's not just when he was president but it's like we go over to some poor country and we say if you take our bible we'll give you food right and so it becomes this manipulation mm -hmm. and and this thing of of course i want the food i'm starving to death and so i'll take your damn bible yeah but then i'm expected to practice what you believe so that i can continue to get food that's not a true whatever conversion or belief of faith that mm -hmm. is part of it and so there are good things that have been done with christianity with muslim with islam with judaism all the different religions have done good things yeah and all of the religions have also manipulated and coerced and controlled and killed mm -hmm. and tortured and murdered and done horrible things. Yeah. For myself, um, I grew up as a Christian scientist mm. and we were supposed to heal homosexuality. So love the sinner, hate the sin. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is. Um, it is. And it just gives people a, a sense of I'm better than you are, mm -hmm. right? So when I went to graduate school, I have a PhD in mythological studies with an emphasis in depth psychology, which is a bunch of big words to say that I love stories <laughs> and I like Jungian um, explanations of them, which mm -hmm. is all about archetypes and symbology or symbolism. Um, and so when I went to school and I learned that all religion is mythology. All religion is meant to teach. They use the sto the stories are not meant to be taken literally mm -hmm. ever. How could we take a story literally of Jesus walking on water? What does that mean, right? The idea is to transfer it into when have you had a moment that was a liminal space that you were so afraid and something happened that changed things that made it okay, mm. right? When, how can you connect to these, these wild stories and make them have truth for you today? But they are not meant to be taken literally. They are mythology. They're meant to teach. Mm -hmm. They're meant to teach children how to be safe and how to learn about the culture. So when I learned that the story of the Virgin Mary was not literally true, I was just mad. Mm -hmm. I was just so angry that I had been duped 
that I had been led to believe this. I was, I was betrayed. I mean, I just was so angry. That's understandable. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And I think that's a lot of the reason why people have a hard time changing their views and believing that some of the stuff that they believe isn't real because it's not just that their belief is needs to be looked at, but so does their mom and dad's and mm -hmm. so does their grandparents and so does their preacher who they believed in and so does all the things that they've done. And so it's 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 a foundational shift yeah. that, that people have to really look at. And for me, it makes the stories bigger. Mm -hmm. And it takes the stories and makes them into something I can relate to and something I can use to teach, to process myself. They relate. I can relate to them if they're not literal. That makes sense because if they're not literal, then you don't have to worry about the physics of certain things or the, wait a second, he was just here. <laughs> And that rock was how big? And they opened it and he was gone? Okay, sure, sure. Well, you know. Happy Jesus Day. <laughs> and the thing is, is that each of us are reborn every day. You have been reborn into Lavenda, mm -hmm. right? You have been reborn as who you are. We're each reborn many times over our lives. That's what the, the story of Jesus' resurrection is about is us being reborn. And his crucifixion and the cruelty done to him is what we each experience in our mm. own lives. We've all, especially those of us that are queer, have all been thrown on a cross and near beat to death. Yes. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Are there a decent amount of queer people that go to your church? We have a decent amount. I would say that it's not a large amount. I would say it's probably... 15% maybe. That's a pretty good number. But we're all active. Mm -hmm. We've all been part of Presbyterians. Their governing body is called a session. And at one point we had queer people on session, queer people as deacons, and queer people as like Sunday school teachers. And all. so we've had queer people in all aspects of this particular church, Emmanuel Presbyterian Church. Mm. We're not just open and affirming we are actively seeking justice. That's We're very great. part of the Rainbow Center's activities. Yes, I've heard. And we're part of Oasis. We bring mm -hmm. them meals. We do what is allowed because of the youth. You have to have, you know, certain protections for them. Right. But we bring meals and we do the things that we can. We always have a part of pride. Mm -hmm. um, and I have really worked. I'm on session myself and I am the adult education elder. Mm. And I have made a big point out of doing pro-equity education. So certainly anti-racist. I mean, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, all of them were just the tip of the iceberg, right? Very And much. so it was during COVID, of course. And so we did a lot of anti-racist education during mm. that time. I also have done quite a bit of pro-queer education. So we're very affirming, but people don't understand 
what it means to be transgender or what it means to be gender non-conforming or non-binary. They just don't understand the words. Mm. And so when you say LGBTQIA plus two spirit, they're just like, I don't know what all those letters mean. And so I have done a lot to educate people and bring that in. We have done some work and want to do more work with the clobber passages of the Bible. So the the, the verses that are thrown at us out of the Bible mm. that say that we're horrible, terrible people. And, you know, again, you can pick and choose anything out of the Bible to support whatever your belief system Very is. Very much, yes. So, but to use, to look at those passages and see what they really mean, to look at the passages before them and after them and find the context mm-hmm. and to educate. So we've done a lot of work okay. to educate. Yeah. That's amazing. So a lot of churches, and I'm not saying that your church is putting up a front, but some churches mm-hmm. that are, oh yeah, we're oh, inclusive yes. and whatnot. Oh, yes. and we have queer people on staff and everything still seem to have an issue with actual queerness, whether it be you just living your life or you being married in the church. Has that been an issue that you guys have come up to or something that you guys have dealt with? Mm-hmm. This church is one of the first and prominent churches in Tacoma that have been for queer rights early on. There are many churches that are not. And if people are looking for a church and Presbyterian or is not their their choice or they can't get into this part of Tacoma, when a church's website says we welcome all people, Mm. that means nothing. Look for open and affirming. That's just the basis is Mm. open and affirming. That's, That's become the words that people have actually, the churches have actually done some work Mm -hmm. and they're going to be more open and affirming of queer life. That doesn't mean that they're going to understand everything. So then you have to go deeper into the website or into, or come with some, just, I'm going to check this out and see what they're preaching and what, I mean, when we, when, Our pastor gets up every Sunday, he says, he does a land acknowledgement, and he says we are open to people if they're transgender, if they're gay, if they're gender non-conforming. I mean, he just does this whole list of things. Mm -hmm. And, And the church is actively welcoming. But you have to kind of, I would go through the websites first and make sure they at least have open and affirming, and then, um check out other things that they may or may not say. Like if you go on to the website of some churches, it will say, if you dig deep enough, it will tell you that marriage is between a man and a woman. Yeah. Right? And so you just have to do the research. Yeah. I just did two things. I just done an interview with a gay ex-Mormon. That was my, my last interview. Mm. And while I was doing some research, because people might not know, but I do a little bit of research when I'm I'm getting ready for these interviews, you know, so that I I have I know what I'm talking about at least a little bit enough to hold a good conversation. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, but I had recently learned that the Mormon Church accepts gay people that they exist (laughs) not the act of gay so you can be gay just don't do nothing gay you just have to be celibate you not even that i'm pretty sure it was 
anything that looks if you a man don't bake cake if you a woman <laughs> don't build a shed okay <laughs> so <laughs> oh my gosh you know it's so ridiculous isn't it i it mean it's really is. so ridiculous it really is and i went to their website and just like looked at like a lot of the stuff and it's really a lot of talking in circles and saying it's okay but don't do it also it's okay here's a number you can call oh, it's vomit. okay we can do some counseling follow just, the power yep follow the money like what is it the mormon religion just within like i want to say like the last 30 years like let no it's not the last 30 it i want to say in the 70s like late 70s early 80s they let they allowed women to um preach and then after that they stopped acknowledging the part of what's the mormon book called the book of mormon yes that's a very very basic name <laughs> um <laughs> but i couldn't remember it either it's okay it's because of how basic it was right. i remember the torah Okay, <laughs> I remember the Bible, um, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, there was this part in the Book of Mormon that said the reason that black people were black is because they were like fallen angel spirits or something. God, it was very racist. But you know what cracks me up? Hmm. Science has shown that all of the human race came from Africa. You're joking. I'm not. <laughs> all of the human race came from Africa, and people left Africa and went to all these different locations, and the geography is what changed is their what bodies. what makes racial features, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so I had, it was a Missouri Synod Lutheran who told me, number one, that queer people don't exist. So oh, yeah. connecting with what you just said. Mm -hmm. And then he also told me that he did not believe that we all came from Africa, that he believed in Adam and Eve. And I said, well, where do you think Adam and Eve came from? Mm -hmm. They came from Africa. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it's like, <sighs> makes what? me so tired. Race what? is a construct. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Huh. Race is a construct, but that's, again, follow the power, follow yeah. the money, right? And in this country, basically white Southern men had the land and the money. And when they lost the civil war, they still, I mean, it's what, you know, if people, if people would do the research that you're doing for these interviews, people wouldn't be so gullible to believe all the stuff that is just thrown at them. Mm -hmm. But um, since post-Civil War, when these land-owning white men said all the government is doing is giving the hard-earned land that white men have worked so hard for, and they're just giving it to these lazy black people and women, that's what they're doing. And we shouldn't do that. We should keep it with the, in the hands of the white men who know better and are so much smarter and all this bullshit. So, and then the Northerners started, they still believed 
that that was basically the truth. We just are not going to enslave people, but we're going to make sure they live somewhere else. They can only have certain jobs. Women, oh no, they're not smart enough. They're not this. So the thing that we have to do is we have to look at our own belief system and see where we're supporting all of that crud. Mm -hmm. Because just believing that women can't do math when we know, I mean, you think of hidden figures in the movie and you think of especially women of color who have been so a part of work on not just the our space stuff. Speaking of that, okay. And then, wait, and then maybe ships and what was the other thing? Anyway, there's so much. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So I had heard this story from Hillary Clinton, who is a very interesting lady, to say the least. <laughs> um, but more qualified for the job of president oh, than please. Trump was. You and I are more of, qualified of the two. Than Trump. <laughs> yeah. She had she had written to NASA when she was a young girl and she asked them, "What can I do to be an astronaut?" because she had goals as a crazy kid. And they wrote back to her and said, "Basically, there's nothing you can do because women can't be astronauts." But the hidden figures, they weren't astronauts, but they made it so that they could do, the, I mean, all of it. They did yep. all the math. They did yep. all the, of it. And we also designed Navy ships. Mm -hmm. Not we. Black women mm -hmm. designed Navy ships. I mean, they did all this stuff. But women also wrote code. I mean, they did all this stuff. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Our brains are all just brains. They're yeah. not female brains. They're not, I mean, you know, they, and they are, but they aren't. But anyway. <laughs> Quick question. Yeah. Do religious people mingle? Specifically, do Christians mingle? Mingle? What What do you mean by mingle? Like, you know, the, the, the site Christian Mingle? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little scary. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think people within a church mm -hmm. date. Um, I think... Like, uh, we have a, a youth group that is like young teenagers, and it's part of a thing that's all of the church, all of the liberal churches, the progressive churches in the area get together. And so those kids could date. Mm. I would be very leery of dating another Christian until I really knew what their belief system was. That makes sense. Because you don't want to just date somebody because they, I don't want to say believe what you believe, but like the book that you like, mm. but you don't know what part of the book it is or how they interpreted the book. They could be reading the book and be like, oh yeah, Ursula was, she was mistreated throughout that whole, like that was a whole uh, legal and binding contract that she had with Ariel. While someone else is like, Ursula was the villain. She wrote a contract with a <laughs> underage child whose parent wasn't, you know, present. All of that. I mean, I know that anybody my age especially is going to have been oppressed. Mm. And if they identify as a lesbian, I mean, I use the word queer freely and I have taken it back and I am empowered by it. But mm. a lot of people, women my age, do not like the word queer because it was an epithet, right. you know, growing up. And so I want to know how much work they've done. Do they still feel that lesbians are lesser? Mm. You know, I mean, I want to know what they believe. And I'm loosely Christian. I'm not very Jesus-oriented, Jesus-happy. I'm not 
into Jesus so much. Um, I'm into the sacred. Mm -hmm. I'm into what lifts me up spiritually. And so if somebody's really into Jesus, we're probably not going to get along all that well because to, to be completely frank, as we've gone on through all of this different stuff, we can't even prove Jesus existed. True. There's like one little line about Jesus of Nazareth was crucified. Well, Jesus was a really common name and there were many preachers. That's true. And so there was just this little bitty line that's the only thing. Now, we know that somebody influenced society that we now have this enormous religion called Christianity. Mm. But who it was that did all of that, we don't know. And there were so many things that we don't know what happened. The women that were so involved, the women yeah. that were disciples. Mary Magdalene, my, my dissertation was on Mary Magdalene. So oh, really? I am big into the female influence that was at the beginning of the religion before Rome got a hold of it. So yeah, before I date anybody who identifies as Christian, I want to know what that means to them. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, you want to make sure before you let somebody into your life that they are either adding to it or can easily fit in. Yeah. Or yeah. raise me up. Exactly. You know, actually, you know, make me a better person. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, isn't that what we all want? You know, is that I have a relationship that makes me think and makes me work on my own stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I dated this I guy one time and like beautiful guy dicted everything I needed it to do and more, but he was stupid. <laughs> and I realized that I can't like date somebody that I can't have an actual conversation, conversation. with. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a logical conversation. Or if we're watching a TV show and we just started watching the show and you're asking me questions about it, I'm watching the same thing you're watching. I don't know. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I um, We all just have the things we connect on. Hmm? Yeah. And don't. <laughs> right. Let's see. Should there be a separation of church and state? Absolutely. I, I am not happy with what the southern states, again, are trying to do with making America a Christian state because their version of Christianity is not my version by any any means. And that goes into my next question. How do you feel about politicians using religious texts to justify hate speech and bigotry? Follow the power, follow the money. Yeah. Once again, it's just very, you know, if you're talking about the guy you dated that, that you couldn't really have a conversation with, the thing mm -hmm. that's the most disturbing about these politicians who just lie, yeah. they just lie, whether it's religion, whether it's whatever it is, they just lie. So much so. And that, but, it, but the thing that's so concerning is the people that believe it. Mm -hmm. And, and part of me is like, they don't really believe it. They just want the power again, follow the power and money. And so if I believe what you're saying right now, it seems like there's so much energy towards who can I hate? Mm -hmm. Who can I have power over? And that's so disturbing because I don't, I feel like I mean, I'm not, I'm sure that it's happened other times. I mean, when we were going after communists in the fifties and yeah. all the stuff, but it right now it's just like, there's no, there's no compassion. There's no trying to understand people. It's just, Oh, you're a lesbian. I'm going to just hate you. You're wrong. Um, oh, you want to have an abortion? Well, 
you shouldn't have spread your legs. Never mind what the man was involved, right? I mean, all of it. I just, I just wish people, and I, I guess I should say, I want people to think, but mm. I want to do that. I want myself to do that as well. When I read something and I'm like, oh my God, I want to go, okay, let's look into that. Let's see what's really true about that mm -hmm. rather than just taking it because it's what I want to believe. Yeah. I think one of my reasonings for having the religious beliefs that I personally have, mm -hmm. and my religious beliefs are I believe that there is a higher power. Mm -hmm. What that higher power is called, I don't know. Because there's way too many coincidences <clears throat> in our world that something couldn't have made this happen. Like, we're just in, our planet is just in the right spot to support life, but none of these other planets are. Yeah, but see, that, that bothers me because why are those other planets not blessed? Exactly. It's just our planet, right? That's why. Yeah. So I would agree that there's a higher power. Mm -hmm. I don't call it what God. What did they do? But see, that's binary, right? That's mm -hmm. thinking that they're bad and we're good. That's true. Right? That's very and true. That's I, a very good And, and plus, of. we don't have all the knowledge. Mm -hmm. They could be having a full, vibrant life that we don't recognize. That's true. Yeah, huh. I just, I, I, that's, that's where I have a problem with religion deciding who's good and who's bad because you and I have been on the bad. Yeah. People are like, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm like, mm -mm, don't be praying for me. I've had people try to pray the demon out of me. Uh -huh. Right. And I'm like, don't be praying for me unless I ask you to pray for me because that that's, means I trust you. That's why I have a problem with people inviting me to church because mm -hmm. I've had so many experiences. We're going to fix you. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Where someone yeah. has seen me like mm -hmm. at the grocery store mm -hmm. and just said, hey, you, where do you go to church? And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't go to church. And they're like, well, you should come to church with me. Come to Liberty Baptist Elemental P Queen of Christ Church, <laughs> and you know we can, we can, you know, pray for you mm -hmm. and you know help you. Help me with what? What do I look like? I need help. I'm over here looking at tomatoes. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I don't want, you know, because I always, and this might, maybe they're coming at it from a altruistic or moderately altruistic thought, or they're not. Hmm. But more than likely, I'm taking it that they're not. And I don't want someone to take me to church and be like, oh yeah, I brought Lavenda to church and now Lavenda's Wayne again mm. and we fixed all the gay also. If somebody comes to me in the grocery store, I'm going to be looking to see who else they're inviting to church. Mm -hmm. Are you inviting the white guy down there looking at, you know, asparagus? Yeah. I mean, if you're inviting me, I mean, you're inviting the white lady and you're liking uh, inviting this black woman over here who's not transgender. I mean, are you inviting everybody or are you just inviting me? Yep. It's you're just inviting just me. me. Mm. <laughs> I'm not really interested. Thank you so very much. Very yeah. much. Yeah. I had experiences with church where I myself, well, with Christianity, 
well, Christian churches. And because I can't say that everybody's church, like all different religious churches. And like I preface at the beginning of this, these are just our experiences Mm -hmm. and our Mm -hmm. lives that we're sharing with you, Mm -hmm. not blanket statements, just how we feel about. Absolutely. But I've gone to a couple of different churches and just not felt completely welcome. Mm -hmm. You know, people giving you side eye, you can feel as, as a black person and as a black effeminate queer person um, who is living their life openly, Mm -hmm. you can see and feel the microaggressions that people are throwing towards you. Even if it's just a soft lob, you can feel that, you know, different things they say, the slight looks they'll give you, vocal inflections. All of it. Yep. And you have to, sadly, you have to like be able to observe all of these things to make sure that you're safe. Yes, because and, and you it's could also, get into a situation absolutely. where something horrible happens because yes. somebody feels extra strongly and wants to burn a cross in front of your house because or in the middle of your car. Yeah, yeah. all of that. No, absolutely. And I also, you know, some of the people that if they're approaching you in the grocery store, I just want to say, do you think I'm stupid? Mm-hmm. Because you're not asking the white guy looking at asparagus. They're not. You're asking me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's the earring in my ear. It's whatever you see. Um, you're not asking the mm-mm. biker whose mm-mm. hair's as long as mine. <laughs> right. You know, and so I'm like, I'm, I'm just not stupid, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I, don't, I don't need saving. Thank you. None of Thank us need you. saving. We are beloved as we are. Mm-mm-mm. So we are coming towards the end of our interview. So I have a couple of pretty fun questions. Well, some fun, some serious questions. So the first one is, when was the last time you slapped someone with a Bible? (laughs) When I read that question, I was like, oh my God, I love that question. (laughs) I only wish I had slapped somebody with my Bible. I Mm. don't carry a Bible anymore. Um, I have one. I have several because of my dissertation. I can only say there have been several people I've wanted to slap, <laughs> but I have managed to not be violent Go towards team. them. It's yeah. very difficult. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is the devil a lie? Yes. Okay, okay. If God rested on the seventh day, why isn't Sunday a national holiday? <laughs> I think we should put that forward. <laughs> Why is it okay to believe the Bible, the Quran, and the Torah, but not the sacred book of Scientology? Um, they're all equally legitimate. They're all mythology. Go team. They're all mythology. Good stuff. Though I did almost get snatched up by some Scientologists one year. <laughs> they really got me. They like, they was like, oh, come and hold these uh these metal tubes real quick. And I'm gonna tell you about all the 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 space ghosts that are flying inside of you. Oh geez. And I was like, at first, like they were like, Would you like to take 
take a personality test? And I was like, sure, why not? I love personality <laughs> tests. Tell me which girl from Sex in the City I am. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting there and like she's like all right hold on to these and i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna ask you some questions okay and i was like okay so she's asking me these questions and then sadly my grandpa had like just passed away like a couple weeks before that so i was really emotional so she was asking questions and i was like oh my gosh and then like out of the corner of my teary eye i'm seeing these books that they have over here and i was like dianetics where have i seen that book before <laughs> where have i seen and in my head i'm seeing the old commercial that they used to have where like it's like dianetics and it's got like the volcano exploding on onto the cover and i was like hmm, hmm. and then i read the author and it said L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, yeah. And I was like, who is that? Who is that? Mm. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I know what this is. I know what this is. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. And then my sister's like, hey, Wayne, we should probably start going. And because she, she caught what it was. And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I start to like, I'm like, I got to I gotta go. We got to finish our shopping. And the lady grabs my hand and she goes, don't let her make your decisions for you. And I said, <laughs> that's my sister i'm going with her again follow the power follow the money scientology is no different uh oh i believe that was scary it was very scary yeah. it was very scary <sighs> so in the 1970s documentary los de monica de spooky in mi cuerpo also known as the spooky demon in my body or the exorcist here in the states a young girl is possessed by a demon can angels also possess people i don't believe in demons mm -hmm. i've heard some stories that seem like they have some truth in them of, of Catholic priests, you know, getting rid of demons, but I don't know. I feel like angels are just inspirational thoughts. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like they're a, a, an entity or a being. So I don't believe in either side of that. Okay. Um, yeah. How often is God good? <laughs> God is good all the time. And all the time, God, God is, is good. good. <laughs> but, you know, the thing about it is that God gave people choice. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, when are we choosing good? Yeah. And how do we define good? Because those politicians we talked about earlier are going to define it again for the power and the money. So we all have our own inner morality about what we want to follow and what we want to bring to the world. Mm -hmm. And I hope that what my, my choices are mostly for the good. Go team, go team. I read a study that the average penis size has grown. 
is but that I love beer. <laughs> I don't care. I but don't is know. Is that part of God's plan? <laughs> I kid, I kid. Oh, my. Where are the dinosaurs? I think we just, I think the world, they couldn't, they couldn't, had to go somewhere else. We couldn't support them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. We still have turtles. And chickens. Yes. And, and chickens. what's the other dinosaur like? The Komodo dragon. Yes. The Loch Ness Monster. I don't think the Loch Ness Monster <laughs> is real, but I love the idea. Anyway, we do we do have a few still left over. See, that's a very good way to think about it. That's a very good way to think about it. So, we have come to the end I of I have our loved interview. this. I have loved this. This has been awesome. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm really glad. Do you have any words of encouragement or wisdom for people struggling with being queer and trying to find some sort of religious space? I would just want to, people to know that they are beloved that they are important to this world, that their goodness and their realness, their reality, their truth is important to this world. And don't let anybody tell you any different. Miss Dr. Cindy. That would be me. <laughs> I have enjoyed this immensely. Thank you. Me Thank too. Thank you very much for doing this. It has been me. my honor and my pleasure. Go team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. We will be right back with the next segment. Uh, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Things that bug me. Something that's been bugging me is the idea of what would happen if DL men started living authentically. Like, think of all of the the stigma and the hate that would disappear because these people are living their lives out in the open. I'm not saying running down the street and letting everybody know what you like to do in bed or going to a pride parade, but not hiding the truth of who you are so that people will have a quote-unquote better opinion of you. Think of all of the DL men who are in government and get caught up doing gay stuff in, in bathrooms and end up being arrested. If you were just living your life as you would normally live your life, you might not have been arrested for getting a handy in the bathroom. Or maybe you would have because that's your thing. If you're doing it because that's your thing, then yeah, have at it. But if you're doing it because you're hiding, shame. Shame. As we all know, eyelashes, electronics, wigs, and space rental don't grow on trees. Yet. They're working on it. So, we need dollars and sense to keep this going. And while I hate to put my cup out for change, here's my cup. Hopefully you're enjoying what we've put together so far and want more. If so, please drop some pennies in my cups labeled Venmo, Cash App, and PayPal. You can Venmo me at hairbywainer hyphen lavendalife, H-A, I-R 
B-Y-W-A-Y-N-R hyphen L-A-V-I-N-D-A-L-Y-F at Cash App Wayne Rouser W-A-Y-N-E R-O-W-S-E-R and PayPal Hair by Wayner W-A-Y-N-R H-A-R-B-Y-W-A-Y-N-R. In the subject, put lifelines. So I can use it for the show specifically. Upcoming events! I currently have no upcoming events. Hire me. Shoot me an email. You can email me at L-A-V-I-N-D-A-L-Y-F-E at gmail.com. Let me know about whatever event you have coming up that you were interested in having me appear at. Send me a offer and we can go from there. Well, kids, that's the show for today. I hope you enjoyed our interview and it got you thinking. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode coming out on Monday. You can check the RadioTacoma.org website to re-listen to the show and share the link. Remember to send any questions or suggestions for the show to LavendaLife at gmail.com. L-A-V-I-N-D-A-L-Y-F-E at gmail.com. All messages to the show can be as anonymous as a 2 a.m. sleepover if you'd like. Lastly, you can find me on any of the socials by Googling hashtag LavendaLife. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. All right. We will see you in a couple of weeks. And that's all for now, kids. Remember, Lavenda loves you.